Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. More of your questions and comments on the NFL, college football, LeVar Ball, legal and illegal sports betting. We're about 30 minutes away from a big announcement by the International Olympic Committee regarding Russian athletes' eligibility for the upcoming Winter Games and other international events. Given the proof of systematic, government-endorsed, organized doping, it's an outrageous story. We will have an update on it in about 30 minutes or so. But joining us now, as promised, the first of our three outstanding guests. He's a senior writer at ESPN.com, does a great job covering motor sports, but especially college football. Ryan McGee, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm good, man. Um, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm, a, I'm as good as a Tennessee alone can be, but I'm good. <laughs> we'll get to that in just a little bit. We are inching toward the Heisman Trophy announcement as those final four games wait on January 1st. We've actually talked to Heisman voters, Ryan, who said that they will hold Baker Mayfield's vulgarities and other questionable antics against him when they cast their ballot. Is there any doubt in your mind, as Mayfield is one finalist and you have Lamar Jackson, Louisville last year's winner, and Bryce Love of Stanford also there in New York City, any doubt in your mind that it will be Baker Mayfield giving the winner's speech on Saturday night? Uh, there's no doubt. and I mean, I, I think it will be closer than it was going to be. I think it will be closer than it should be. Um, I'm, I, honestly, I'm glad that there's a, there's a part of it, and, and full disclosure, I know Baker. Uh, I like him. I spent a lot of time with him over the last couple of years. We did a big E60 profile that I think is actually going to re-air this weekend during the Heisman stuff. And so I've gotten to know him. And uh, but but I'll say this: one great byproduct of this kind of Baker Mayfield reluctance is I think he finally got Lamar Jackson back to New York, and he needed to be there. You know, I don't think he needed he to win the Heisman this year. But but it was we're still looking at a couple of weeks ago, and Lamar wasn't going to be a finalist, and that's crazy because I think he's actually played a little better this year than he did a year ago on a team that's not very good, and so I think that Baker Mayfield won the Heisman, um, and I think that the right guys are are going to New York. Speaking of Tennessee, Bryce Love is right from here in the Triangle area. Yeah. And I covered his recruiting. Tennessee was one of his finalists. Uh, Florida was one. UNC here was one. NC State here was one. Virginia Tech was one. He ends up going all the way to Palo Alto, California, which reinforces a question we ask around here. You know, why can't these in-state programs keep a higher percentage of North Carolina's high school prospects playing for our in-state teams instead we're watching Braxton Berrios of Raleigh you know representing Miami in the ACC title game and Dexter Lawrence of the triangle representing Clemson in the ACC title game what have you seen from Bryce Love uh, because I was I was impressed that he got this invitation he's an amazing young man anybody who throws out the idea of the student hyphen athlete doesn't know stories like Bryce Love's story uh, even if he's not going to win what have you seen from him during this uh really, in some ways, record-breaking year at Stanford? Well, I think that there's always going to be a what-if attached to his season because he has played most of the year hurt. And, uh, you know, Ian Fitzsimmons, you know, who does our, our – of course, he has Freddie and Fitz on ESPN Radio, and he does our sideline reporting for our big primetime games on ESPN Radio. I was talking to Fitz, and he, last weekend they had the Pac-12 championship game. And I said, well, give me – I said, tell me about Bryce Love. And he said, dude, he goes, that guy was so hurt and he was so dinged up and, and Fitz said he gave him – he made eye contact with him. 
Um, and there was some question about whether he was going to go back in the game. And Fitz said he kind of gave him a thumbs up or thumbs down, like, well, what do you think? And he said, and Bryce Love literally said out loud, are you kidding me? And put his helmet on and ran on the field. So he's just, he's, you know, you hate to throw that word warrior around. That's what he is. You know, David Shaw is one of the great guys in college football. Yeah. And, you know, there's only a handful of guys that just make his eyes light up. He's not a real demonstrative guy. He felt that way about Christian McCaffrey, and he should have. And he feels that way about Bryce Love, and, and he should. So, and I tell you this, all due, and you know I grew up in the area, all due respect to the fine universities of the Carolinas, once you set foot on the Stanford campus yeah, and they say, we want you, it's over. It's over. That's one of the most amazing places that you'll ever set foot on. And uh, even as far away as it is, I don't blame them one bit. If, if, they, if they said to my daughter, here's a little money, and you get to go to Stanford. Yeah. Uh, as much as I'd miss her, I'd put her on the plane. It's funny. My daughter, who's 15, and I have had exactly that conversation more in a lighthearted way, but I feel exactly the way you just described. Ryan McGee, senior writer at ESPN.com. Follow him on Twitter, at ESPN McGee. You just mentioned Christian McCaffrey. He, last year, became an example of a growing trend, and maybe you can remind me when it started. I don't remember it being an issue 5, 10, 15, 25, or 50 years ago, of skipping your bowl game once you know that NFL scouts view you, especially as a first-rounder, or in McCaffrey's case, even a high first-rounder. Bradley Chubb of NC State last night accepts the Bronco Nagurski Award as the top defensive player in college football. He and Dave Doran have both said, he has not yet made up his mind whether he's going to play in what, in most people's eyes, is, is not, you know, it's certainly not, a, you know, the Orange Bowl or a college football playoff game. It's just another routine bowl game for most. Uh, but it would be one more chance for him to go out in style. How do you describe to the casual fan all of the forces involved here? Because there is insurance against such things. Uh, we haven't had many examples of this in the past, but Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey were two examples last year, and we have had a couple of cases where some guys' NFL status was hurt by an injury in their final game in college. Just think out loud on all the dynamics in play here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know me and you know my background. I grew up going to bowl games. Like, that's, you know, my dad was a college football official, and he's been on your show, and, you know, every holiday – we were going to a bowl game somewhere. And it might have been the Independence Bowl or it might have been the Rose Bowl. We went to all of them. It's always great. And, and, and I'm a bowl guy. I know there's 41 of them now, you know, if you include the, the classic in Atlanta. And, and to me, you know, if you talk to these guys and there's only a handful that are in the position that he's in. Most of them, this is their last college football game, their last game of football ever. Yep. You know, and 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 I I believe in the bowl system because I think it is a reward. Yeah, it might not be the bowl game that you hoped of going to when the season started, but the reality is it's another chance to play. And for a lot of guys, it's their last chance to play. And I and I, you know, privately, Christian McCaffrey will tell you I think he wishes he played in his bowl game because I think he wishes he had had one more. And once everybody, it's all about the NFL. It's all about the NFL. And then once they get to the NFL, they all kind of want to go back and play some more college ball. And so I think that some of these guys who, who miss it, um, I, I know Fournette for a fact. I think he wishes he had played in that last game, and, and he's tired of being asked about it. And so I think that it's easy when you're youthful and you're thinking about the next step and all that to just think, well, I, you know, I don't really need to mess with that because I need to get on with the next thing. When the reality is is that, you know, when you get a little bit older and you look in the rearview mirror, you think, man, 
it would have been awesome to play with my guys one last time because when you get to the NFL, it's a job. You know, when you're playing in college, it's work, but it's a lot more fun. Fair to say in your estimation that it has not been held against the players who skipped the bowl games. It has not been held against them by NFL teams who are still selecting them as highly as they otherwise would have anyway, right? It's not like you're saying, oh, we got to wonder about this guy's dedication because he's stepping out on his college team. Yeah, the NFL could care less about college yeah. football. Those guys don't care. They, they don't. They, the absolute last thing on their mind is uh, what was his, what was their loyalty when they didn't go play in the right. Cotton Bowl. They don't care about that stuff. They, they don't. You know, to, uh, at this point, it's all business, and that's what I'm talking about. You know, the NFL is all business, man. It's a spreadsheet, and you know that's not really what college is. That's why I watch football on Saturday, and I quite frankly don't watch on Sunday. And so, you know, I think that when you look back. You're going to wish. You, you talk to Peyton Manning and those guys, and you know, they're all in New York tonight for the for the College Football Hall of Fame dinner. And I was talking to Ivan Mazel earlier. I'm going to see all these guys at the College Football Awards in Atlanta tomorrow and Thursday. And you talk to the older guys, man, and they'll they'll tell those younger guys really quick, hey, you're going to want to wish. You're going to wish you had played and put that uniform on one last time for your alma mater. Ryan McGee joining us on the David Glenn Show. Follow him on Twitter at ESPN McGee. Speaking of alma maters, a lot has happened at Tennessee in this coaching search. <laughs> oh, really? I yeah, you may have heard. Yeah. Uh, let, let me put it this way. I will never tell paying customers that they should be shy about their opinions. We like this guy or we dislike that guy. However, the character assassination of Greg Schiano, I thought, was just absolutely outrageous and even despicable but in the more general sense do you believe Tennessee fans collectively have made it a lot more complicated for the volunteers to find the right guy or do you believe that Philip Fulmer is going to come riding in on his horse as the savior as an AD the way he uh, once did as a coach the, the answer is both because they absolutely made it more difficult for the university to find a coach. Um, I get texts from coaches all the time, including a couple who were candidates for the job, who said, I'm not sure I want to deal with that. Yep. And, you know, those jobs are hard enough as it is. And I remember years ago, the, the USC job and the Texas job were both open at the same time. And the BCS championship was out in Pasadena. And I spent two or three days just talking to coaches and athletic directors saying, all right, all things being equal, money, recruiting, resources, whatever, which job would you want? Across the board, they said USC. Texas didn't get a vote with 25 people. And the reason was because, you know, out in Los Angeles, you're not the biggest news story. You know, Kobe Bryant twists his ankle and you lost to UCLA, you're on page four. Right. You know, in Austin and in Knoxville and in Tuscaloosa and all this place, you are the story. And so, and, and then you add on top of that the, the mob that, that went after Shiano. And listen, there's no doubt in my mind there was a percentage of those people who really, in their heart, were convicted and, and really believed they did not want any connection to Penn State. But I believe there was a much larger percentage that used that as an excuse because yeah. they didn't think the coach was sexy enough for the program. Right. And so Philip Fulmer, they won't argue with him. Um, you know, I don't know if he's going to make the right decision or not. My, my opinions on Philip Fulmer are out there. You can Google it. I'm not a huge fan. But he, uh, he because of who he is, uh, can unite those people. He can at least quiet the mob. And so I think that's, that's the biggest benefit to him being in that job during this coaching search. Given what you just described about the way coaches view such things, 
Do you believe Jimbo Fisher improved his chances of winning a national championship by jumping from a place where they've won three in recent memory, Florida State, to a place where they haven't won one at Texas A&M? I think, I know not in our lifetimes, and I think not in your dad's lifetime either. 1939, so they missed dad by a few years. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't won a conference championship since 1988. R.C. Slocum, that's how far back that goes. So, uh, so it's been a while. Um, you know, I, I think that the answer to your question is no. Um, you know, I remember talking to Jimbo. I, I, they, they sent me to National Signing Day two years in a row down in Tallahassee. And all the LSU stuff had just finally quieted down. This was back in February. And I looked at him. I go, well, you know, did you ever, were you ever going to take that job? And he said, no. He goes, listen, he goes, at Florida State, he goes, I have all of the benefits of an SEC program. And he talked about money, and he talked about recruiting, and he talked about the fan base, and he talked about, you know, the, the, the fact that at the time they were doing renovations to the stadium and all that. He said, and I got none of the Nick Saban. And now he is moving into the division where coaches don't survive. My, yeah. my coworker, Alex Scarborough, who covers Alabama, he has a great piece on ESPN.com. In fact, it just went up about the numbers are ridiculous and how Nick Saban has made it so difficult for these guys to keep their job. You know, of the current coaches in the SEC, I think they all have a combined three wins against Saban, and that's why they all lose their jobs. And so, you know, listen, Fisher's not afraid of Saban. Fisher's got – now he's got more money than anybody else other than Saban, and the facilities at A&M are phenomenal. But A&M has always topped my list of schools that should have been way better in football than they've ever been. Everything's there, and they just haven't been there. Oh, and by the way, North Carolina's on that list, too. <laughs> Ryan McGee of ESPN.com on Twitter at ESPN McGee. 11 and 1 Alabama did get the fourth and final spot in the college football playoff at the expense of a Power 5 champion, 11 and 2 Big 10 champ Ohio State. Did the committee get it right? Yeah. No, they did. Uh, listen, the, the question in that room is who do you not want to play right now? And the reason that we have the playoff is I always talk about USC and Georgia. How many years? Did USC lose a couple of games in September or Georgia would lose a couple of games in September? And at the end of the year, you go, man, I'm glad they got a couple losses. Yeah. I don't want to play them. That's why we have the playoff for the eye test, you know, for that question of who are the four best teams in the country. And, you know, I've seen Alabama in person. I've seen Ohio State a couple of times. And the reality is, is that Alabama is the better team. And, uh, you know, it's just, it, and, it, and it's, it, this is awful for Ohio State fans. And I feel terrible for them. Um, but someone's going to be left out, and this year it's those guys. And, um, you know, at USC, I think, had a, a much better argument than anybody was willing to give them. But at the end of the day, this is why four teams works, because you leave someone out. It has to be hard, Dave. That's, 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 that's how this works. It's the postseason. And it's different than the NFL, again, because not everybody gets in. And that's I, – I got – I have no – I was a 16-team guy going in. Yeah. But after, after several years, I'm a 14 guy, and uh, I'll argue it to the end of time. Given what you just said about the Tide, would you go so far as to say that even though they're number four, they would be your pick to win it all? Um, I don't know if they're my pick to win it all. I think that Oklahoma scores so many points. I don't know if anyone else can keep up with them. That, that, that's the, the, right now, Oklahoma's the team I keep looking at because I just don't know if anyone can keep up. Georgia's defense is so good. Uh, Alabama is very balanced. Uh, Clemson is obviously way better than we thought they were going to be this year. 
But at the end of the day, everybody talks about Oklahoma's defense. Oklahoma's defense only needs to they only need to keep the opponent down to less than forty points because they're going to get their points. And so, uh, I think that Alabama ha- absolutely has a chance. It is not because they didn't play an extra game like everybody else did. They're just really good. And uh, and I think that. Uh, I, but right now, Oklahoma's a team I keep leaning toward. Ryan McGee, ESPN.com, on Twitter at ESPN McGee. Always fun to talk with you, man. Happy holidays, and thanks for your visits all year long. Anytime, you too, bud. Thanks. You got it.